Oren B. Andy G. How's it going, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Another two weeks has rolled around again. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh. Jeez, where's the time go? I know, but I got so busy, though, I didn't actually get the last episode on until the following Monday. I just got real busy, so the podcast was a bit late for the last episode, sorry. <gasps> oh, no. Who might have thought we'd ditched them? Shock horror. Our sponsors are going to fucking cut us, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're done. Back to a real job now, eh? Back to nine to five. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate, man. Uh, yeah, have you been anyway? All good? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Getting there, eh? Just snowed under with work and mm. needing a holiday. <laughs> yeah, and I see all your roads are bloody falling apart again. Oh, mate, it is absolutely sodden up this way, eh? Like, mm. pissing down. Like, I've never seen the plains have, have so much water on them. What is that Ruamahunga Bay now, just a bit further up the Thames Coast Road? That's that's closed at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, like, they reckon there's something like 350 cubic metres of dirt fell down on the road. Oh, shit, that's a so, bit. There's a lot of dirt. She's pretty big job. Pretty big job. That that corner where that is, that's come down, that's come down, like, you know, multiple times back in about, I think it was the 90s, back yeah. in the, must have been the late 90s, it come down and took the whole road out. So they had to rebuild the road there. Mm. I remember that. Yeah, it's just such an unstable coastal road, isn't it? Like, it's incredibly unstable. And logging trucks drive across that every day, man. Yeah, well, that's, a, I think, uh, they don't watch out, eh? Just how wet everything is, those big trucks are just going to ruin it completely. Mm. I think it's so like, yeah. like out on the Haraki Plains, man. There's an area out there. I swear to God, it looks like a lake. Mm. You can't even see the fence posts anymore, eh? They're like, you know, <laughs> oh, the fence fuck. posts are pretty high, completely oh, underwater. Shit. And that's the thing, though. In the Haraki, the water table is only a couple of feet underground, isn't it? So literally, if it floods, the water has nowhere to go. Well, it's got nowhere to go now, man. Yeah, like you walk from our house down to the garage where I am now, and it's just like just oh, squelchy underfoot. Yeah, probably sink into the lawn, like you know, twenty or thirty millimeters. Oh, so, shit, really? Pretty bad. Yeah, because your garden's normally quite solid. Yeah, I don't think it's ever been this wet up here eh, that I can remember. Mm. I did say to my missus, though, it might, must be a 20-year cycle, because in 2003, that's when we had, a, um, yeah, it was about t- 2003, it rained for 54 days straight, because I remember I marked it on the calendar when we were living in our flattened Thames. Yeah. It just rained and rained and rained, and the rain was coming in that hard that we had to put towels around some of the windows because it was coming in around the seals of the windows. I wonder if uh, 54 days in a row is some kind of record. Have you ever sort of gone and compared that at all or looked it up? No, I haven't, but yeah, it was long. I just always remember it, 54 days. That's that's an insane amount. Yeah, nearly two nearly two months of just solid, solid rain. Yeah. Didn't stop. I wonder if, um, <laughs> you know, I know it gets pretty cold up in... Uh, Alaska, but I can imagine that's what their weather would be like in the autumn yep. or the spring. Makes my bones ache now that I'm old <laughs> <laughs> when it rains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, yeah. mate. All right, well, let's crack into it. Two, three, four, five, down the tools, up the mic. A tree guy, a radio guy, two best mates chatting on the fly. We're musos, we're dads, we're completely the same We'll yarn about anything, it's all fair game One hits nails, and one nails hits We'll review good beers, and just shoot the sh** We're R&B, and Andy G And this is Tradio, Tradio And it's episode 47 got it right this time you got it right you've counted you yeah. went back and counted them all well because because in the last episode I, said, I can't remember what episode it is and you said 46 <laughs> and you were right it was 46 so that means and i didn't do too well at maths but i think this would be number 47 if the last one was number 46 correct me if i'm wrong well i hope so <laughs> i hope that's right yeah so a little bit late to, uh, for this episode sorry mate i've uh, kept you waiting for about 15 minutes um, it's because right. my daughter, my toddler, is back in our bed now. So just <laughs> a backstory for those that haven't heard in the previous episodes is that we bought a new bed, my wife and I. My oldest daughter got our old queen bed and then her old bed went to my middle daughter and then our toddler got another bed too. So we played musical beds and after this our toddler loved to sleep in her own room in her new bed. And so we thought, great, she's not sleeping in our bed anymore because that's where she's been for the last year and a half, I think, roughly. Anyway, now she's back in our bed so I kind of had to wait for my wife to uh, put her down. She won't let me put her to sleep. Hell no. 
it's uh, World War Three. Once she's asleep, does she go to her own bed? No, no, once she's asleep, she stays in our bed. That's it. Huh? She doesn't transfer. Mate, mate. Chop, you got to do the hard yards, mate. You got to put in the hard yards now. We've, it's like, no, we've get tried. in your bed. We've absolutely <laughs> tried, mate, but she's a very, very stubborn kid. Um, <laughs> She's very, yeah, very strong-minded. And that's fine. I'm sure it'll get better. But anyway, it's it's cold and we thought, well, it's winter. We'll wait until the end of winter when things start to warm up a bit. Because now we're on the sort of the downward slope towards the warmer months now that we're through the solstice. But anyway, the point is, is that she's back in our bed now. So because my studio here where I record is actually in my room uh, in the wardrobe, um, I've got to wait for her to be fully asleep for my wife to leave the room so that I can pop in. So yeah, I was a little bit late tonight because she took a while to get to sleep. Yeah, so here we are. Sorry, sorry for the lateness. <laughs> That's all right, mate. Yeah. How was the how was the uh, weather down that, that way? Is it, is it starting to cool down? No, not really, eh? We've um, I can't really remember if we've had any frosts as of late. A little bit of ice on the windscreen a couple of weeks back, but uh, to be fair, it's been relatively warm, uh, albeit a little bit wet. Uh, we've got a week's worth of rain ahead of us now. That should start to calm down next week with any luck. Yeah, Mount I mean, Hutt opened and then closed again, didn't it? Yeah, I know, That's yeah. That's shocking. I saw a live webcam of Mount Hutt just earlier today, actually, and it looks really sad. It looks really sad. <laughs> but that's the thing. Yeah, I think you the know, days of lots of snow might be over because of, uh, it's a conspiracy, man, global it's conspiracy. warming. Well, that's it, because um, Mount Ruapehu went into liquidation, or Ruapehu Alpine Lifts went into liquidation, and, you know, that's because they just couldn't sustain mm. business with a lack of snow, and that was last year. So, yeah, I don't know. Not looking much better for this year either at the moment. Not at this stage, eh? But they reckon a bit of cold air down here at the end of this week should bring a bit of snow with it. But, say, what is it? The snow level in the central North Island is down to about 2,200 metres, and that's that's actually quite high. So I don't yep. know if uh, they're going to get a lot, really, with the snow level being that high up. Nah. Back in the days, I, I was actually thinking, it was about that time that big storm came through to about 2003. We went down skiing at... Mount Rupehu with some friends and we booked a house in Awakuni. We went up Whakapapa ski field and it was the most snow they had up there in like 60 years. It was a six metre base of snow. Oh shit. And when you were going up on the chairlift, there was a few places you had to lift your skis up. <laughs> really? You'd lift your skis up and, you're, and your ass just about scraped along the snow as you went oh, up shit. over these rises. I can imagine that actually. It was it was incredible, man. It was awesome skiing. Like the best skiing I've ever had on Mount Rupehu. It would have been. And I'm sure yeah, they would have, uh, the, the business themselves would have appreciated being open a bit longer than normal. Yeah, yeah, they were open right up and they had Christmas skiing that year. People skiing up there at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a nightmare getting up there though? Yeah, we got sort of half stuck mm. <laughs> going up the road like, along with everybody else. Yeah. But we got up. That's part of it though, eh? But yeah, we put chains. Yeah, we got chains on in the end and we got up, so it was all right. Oh, yeah, that's good. But yeah, it is getting a bit colder. Um, but not crazy cold though, but hence why the toddler's in our bed because she had me right up against the edge of the bed last night actually. Like I was literally on the edge of, and we've got a, we've just actually, when I'm talking about the bed upgrade we did, we've now got uh, Super King. Yeah. And I'm right on the edge of this fucking thing and she's right up against me and my wife's over the other side and she, she said she woke up last night and had a feel around, couldn't feel either of us because <laughs> the bed's quite big. And she was just like, fuck yeah, heaps of space. And all she could see was the toddler up against me on the edge of the bed. And I couldn't go anywhere. If I was to go one way, I'd fall off. If I was to go the other way, I'd crush my toddler. Um, but I've got She's probably to... coming after the heat, mate. You're nice and <laughs> yeah. warm. <but> yeah. But <laughs> things, up. When we bought the bed, though, we got this um, bought this new duvet as well. Like, it's a really heavy duvet. And it keeps sort of falling down the bed. So halfway through the night, you've also almost got a fucking... Yank it back up, yeah, pull it back up. <laughs> and I did it the other night, and fuck me, I let go of the thing with one hand, and I punched myself in the nuts so hard. It was like, <laughs> it was 3 a.m. And you know, <laughs> you know when, when you smack yourself in the nuts so hard, you feel like you have to do a massive fart, like it really. <laughs> do you ever get that feeling? Oh. But the thing is, though, you're not gassy. It's just the feeling that you've generated from smacking your nuts in. It's just because your nuts are pushing on your guts. Oh, <laughs> it is the worst. And it must have taken about an hour to calm down. So after that one hour of pain, uh, four o'clock in the morning by then, and I was literally wide awake, and uh, it was a bit of a struggle to get back to sleep. But we're just trying to think of ways to keep this duvet from slipping down. 
So we had to tuck the ends in underneath the mattress or something. But yeah, fuck me, I socked myself one and it was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of that bloody, uh, have you seen that meme or whatever it is, that guy's pulling up on that rubber band thing? Yes. Seen it? Yeah. And it goes flick and hits him in the, in the nuts and he goes, ah, like a little girl and then yeah. he farts and falls off. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think I might have mentioned this one in the last episode that we were taking back out of the original um, Super King bed that we got because it wasn't quite soft enough. It was a bit too firm. And um, yeah. and we've done that now. We've took the old one back and we've got this new, it's a new, new bed actually. It's our second one. And um, yeah. when I took the old one or packed it back up because we kept all the plastic packaging, it's one of those double bases. So it's like two sort of queen bases, if you like, and you, you just got to sort of, you know, you'd sort of bolt them together when you put the bed together. Yeah. Anyway, I got to the last base when I was packing up the other bed, and this fucking staple was sticking out, and it gashed my finger open. And I, I almost thought, fuck, that's almost like a big fuck you from the bed, isn't it? And yeah, yeah. Anyway. I'm not good enough. <laughs> anyway, so I took, took it back. They swapped it back. Uh, just say big ups to Big Safe Furniture, because they do have like a, um, a tw- was it 28-day uh, sleep guarantee. If you don't like your bed, they'll swap it. And to oh, be you f- don't soil it. Yeah. But that's <laughs> only if you buy like this really expensive mattress protector so yeah. we did exactly that uh rooted on the bed once i think but uh <laughs> anyway we took it back and send it back <laughs> yeah and um <laughs> anyway yeah so because we had this mattress protector we could actually get this guarantee and we swapped the bed we found one we liked and they were great they got us a new bed and phoned us when it arrived we picked it up hey presto done and when i was unpacking the new bed i was lifting the mattress up onto the um, onto the new, new, the new bases, and I fucking lifted my fingernail off my finger. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck me! Did I slice my finger open with the old bed and then lifted my fingernail off with the new one? I was like, luck's not going my way with these new fucking beds. I hope we don't need another one now for about ten years. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. it was pretty. Well, soft. I like a firm bed, though. Eh? Like we, when we brought our new mattress, uh, the one we had before, it was quite soft. It was sort of medium to soft. And we decided we'll get one slightly firmer, so we got a, like a sort of hard, medium to hard one. Yeah, and, it, and it, but it's it's like a, one of these real expensive bamboo top ones. Yeah, what they call it. But I'll tell you what, man, now that I'm used to it, it's fracking awesome, eh? You get into it and you're just like sleeping on a cloud. So. Yeah, it's funny though, because like, because the Super King bed is so big, I don't feel my wife turning over. Like when she yeah. moves, I don't feel it. It's actually quite weird. It's actually quite weird. But they do say you can put a cup of tea on one side of the bed and jump on the other side and the tea won't spill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not going to try it, though. Oh, those ads. Not going to try it. <laughs> But it's amazing, actually, like, uh, here we are, two grown men talking about how great bamboo beds are. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've got to say, though, like, fucking bed technology these days is just super good, eh? It's super good. How the fuck can you turn bamboo into something comfortable? I don't understand the technology around it. Bamboo fibres, yeah. Yeah. I remember buying my first decent bed when I sort of, just before I left home when I was about 19, I think. Yeah, I was about 19. I went and I brought, went to the bed shop and I was pissed off with sleeping on the single bed that my parents had had in the house, you know, for, for me for years. The mattress was stuffed and everything on it. So I spent, spent about 1500 bucks on a real nice, like, back care bed from Sleepyhead. Yeah. And I tell you what, mate, that was the best thing I ever did. <laughs> it was freaking awesome. <laughs> Fuck you, mate. Yeah, can't get a good workbench. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good nickname for it. Trainio. So I accidentally called 111 uh, last week. You called yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ironic, isn't it? <laughs> and that's what I do for a job, answering 111 calls, and I accidentally dialed 111. Uh, so I was on the way to a fire call out, and it was actually a big, big house fire. And yeah. I was driving, and what I do is I set my phone on a cradle and uh, have the map on, which I've, you know, the map is going before I leave the station. Just so I can, you know, find the the quickest way to get to the job. So I think Google Maps is actually pretty damn good. Anyway, um, and this fire was like well outside of our town, so it was quite a drive. It took us about took us about twenty five minutes to get there. Um, oh, yeah. And we were called upon by other brigades, so they beat us there. But and they got you know they got it under control. But when we were on our way there, we're cruising down uh, this really long straight 
highway and suddenly the phone voice, you know, the Google map voice starts talking to me. And so I just sort of reach to my phone and blindly turn it down. And because I'm tapping what I think is the volume button, suddenly my phone goes, and there's this big SOS on my screen inside a red circle. (laughs) It's like, fuck. And I realise what I've done. I've tapped something. I don't know if I've tapped the volume button or I must have tapped the power button or something. I don't know what I actually did or tapped, but whatever I tapped set off the auto call 111, which is ever, you know, which is built into the phone, obviously. Anyway, and it was, it, it didn't take long after it did the little siren sound. It then put me through. And here's the thing, it goes through to a spark operator who says, you know, do you want police, fire, ambulance? I couldn't hear it, obviously, because my phone's on the cradle. Anyway, I quickly hang up because I can see the red phone on the screen, so I quickly hang it up. Anyway, I was like, fuck, they're going to call me back because it's a drop call and they have to ring back in case it's an emergency. Anyway, my phone rings. I'm like, fuck. My officer, who's in the other front seat next to me, I said to him, mate, can you answer that and tell them sorry, I've misdialed? Anyway, so he answers it and I didn't really have time to explain to him who it was that was calling back. So he took my phone and said, hello. Oh, no, we don't need the emergency services. We are the emergency services. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so uh, so yeah, he apologised for me, and uh, I don't, I still don't know what I did to this day, but um, I accidentally called one 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 when we were on our way to a fire. The, some of those remote phones do have like an emergency function, eh? Yeah, they I don't do. know how to activate it, but you know, yeah, yeah, I've never seen it on this phone before. I actually, Maybe you whacked it really hard because some of them, if, if they sense that you're in a car accident, day eh, they automatically go yeah, off. Yeah, it was weird. Um, I don't want to try and recreate how I did it though. You know? <laughs> 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 but yeah, it was it was certainly interesting. Accidentally calling one one one, but I it was strange though because I have done that many many years ago I think it was 2015 on my way to work one day when I was wearing headphones listening to the radio I must have tapped the little button on the headphone stand on the headphone cable there's a little button there which you can talk into if someone rings you yeah and I must have tapped that a few times and it called 111 and I was shitting myself back then but now I kind of know the process here I wasn't too worried yeah but uh, yeah I, I won't recommend that you call 111 unless you really need help people so uh, <laughs> No, <laughs> but yeah, I've only ever actually I've only ever actually called one 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 a couple of times in my life. Hey, eh? like I can think of t- I can think of twice that I have. Both yeah. of them are for fires. Mm-hmm. One was a house fire, and one was a forest fire. Well, it was a car, like someone was burning out a car on the side of the road next to a massive forest, and it was catching the trees on fire. Oh, shit. Yeah, they'll go. <laughs> I was up like, what an idiot! So yeah, so when you say next to a forest, I'm just picturing pine trees here. It was. It was next to a pine forest, and yeah. the pine, one of the trees was going up. Oh, yeah, fuck you, mate. They'll go up pretty well. So the fire, lucky the fire brigade got there real quick because they managed to get it out. Mm-hmm. But um, shit, if they hadn't, it would have taken half the forest out, I think. I went to a pine hedge uh, fire yesterday. We don't, yeah. know, we don't know how it started, but, yeah, it was fucking going for it. Um, even though it was wet, you know, the pine will yeah. still go for it. Yeah, I think I dialed it a couple of times myself. I was in Timaru one year, and it was I was staying at a mate's place. It was like my bandmate's house. He was the lead guitarist in our band, and we'd had a um, a practice night in his lounge, and we all just got hammered and ended up crashing at his place. But it was about two o'clock. In the, <laughs> it was like two o'clock in the morning. This girl was bashing the front door, and she'd been attacked by her boyfriend, and she was in a pretty bad way. So I think I called one 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 for that. Yeah. Um, and another one was, oh yeah, actually, this one was in Thames. Um, I actually called for the fire brigade when I was in Thames, even though I was a volunteer firefighter. There was a um, an arcing power line outside my house, yeah. and uh, generally you'll you know call them for that just for safety reasons. But I was hammered, so I couldn't just go myself. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah, <laughs> it seemed to be a common trait for you and I, especially yeah. in this area. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but anyway, yeah, actually, that, that brings me on to another story. You and I were having a fire, weren't we? Um, oh, my place that night. Was it, uh, it was after COVID lockdown, wasn't it, when we were allowed to hang out again? Was it? I think so, yeah. It might have yeah. been. Or it might have been 2019. I can't remember. No, I think it was after COVID. Once once lockdown was, uh, rules were slightly more relaxed and you could actually go and mingle with other bubbles, 
I think you and I were like, fuck, we haven't been on the piss for a long time. Let's get together and have a fire. And um, we lit your garden fireplace that you that you built. And the smoke was just going up your hill, wasn't it? Yeah. And suddenly, because you and I were drinking, I couldn't respond to the fire station, but suddenly we heard the siren going up in the background. When I looked at the address, it was just up from your place. So that someone must have called in your fire. But the funny thing was, before you even, I remember you, um, before you even looked at your address, I laughed and I said, imagine if that was for our fire. <laughs> That's right. Hey, sure yeah. enough, they came right up to the end of the road and we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And we could, we could, you could see which direction the smoke was going in. And that's where the fire truck ended up, a bit further up the hill. They were at whoever yeah. made the call. And um, when I spoke, I didn't, I, they don't know to this day that it was me. Otherwise, I'd have to shout. Um, <laughs> it would be my shout at the station, but I remember talking to uh, Corey, who was one of the officers, and he was on the the officer on one of the trucks that was called out to that. And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, well, we went to the house where the call came from, actually, and we could smell the smoke around the house, but we couldn't see where it was coming from." Yeah. So, but I was like, mm, "That was the fire <laughs> I was having." <laughs> yeah. Don't say anything. No, don't say anything. Don't reveal the truth. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So. Yeah, that reminded me of that, actually. Yeah, good times. I recently decided to get my mountain bike serviced because I've I've used it a fair bit lately. And a lot of the tools I used to have to fix the bike myself, because I I used to be a bike mechanic, but this time I just couldn't be fucked. I thought I'll just pay someone to fix it for me, or service it at least anyway. And uh, there were a few things going wrong with it. The gears were skipping, so the chain was skipping on the rear cassette on gears 7, 8 and 9. Um, the front brake needed adjusting because it just wasn't gripping, and it's a disc brake, so the front brake wasn't actually doing a lot. Um, yep. I needed a new spoke in the rear wheel, um, which was easily done, and um, I have a speedo on my bike as well, and I couldn't quite set it properly, so it wasn't reading the <coughs> kilometre speed I was doing properly. So. Yeah. But anyway, I took it into a company. I'm not going to name the company because it's still in the process at the moment, but they did a fucking shit job. And I paid them $150 for this, and I got my bike back, and it was hardly fucking any different. Yeah. Um, so I was a little bit pissed off, and I actually ended up fixing the brake myself. I ended up sorting out the speedo myself because it fell apart after about two days. <laughs> And I even I even bought one of those clip-on mud guards for my back wheel as well, because yeah. I ride to work a lot, and I wanted a, a mud guard for the days when it's raining, so it's not all fucking yeah. flinging up my back when I'm riding. And then after the third time using the mud guard, which I bought from this place months before, I only used it needed to use it three times. And the third time, the the strap that you use to clamp it round the seat, it just completely disintegrated and now this thing is fucking useless and I don't have the receipt anymore. Made in China probably. Oh, I'm so pissed off. So I'm not going back to that bike shop again but anyway I wrote a complaint and here's what it said because they sent me an email saying, how is the service? How many stars would you give it? <laughs> Set themselves up And I was it. like, right, <laughs> stretch the fingers, here we go. So this is what I wrote to them and I still haven't had a reply yet but anyway I said I needed gears adjusted as they were skipping on 7, 8 and 9. I needed the front brake adjusted as it wasn't clamping strongly enough, a new spoke in the rear wheel, and to get my speedo working properly. Now, sadly, the gears are no different, as if the bike wasn't even test-ridden by the tick. The front brake is still not right, and I had to fix it myself. The speedo sensor came off after three days, and I had to redo it myself, because all they'd done is they'd, they'd chucked the speedo on with a single cable tie around the fork <laughs> and the fucking thing had slipped off anyway so I had to redo that myself but I think I did a much better job also wanted them to um, the shape of my handlebars I can't put my front um, spotlight on properly it won't sit properly on there so I asked yeah. them to try and sort that out as well but they did a shit job of that too so I ended up having to fix that myself as well which I should have just fucking Spiral done the story mate fix it yourself yeah <laughs> anyway so I said to them, I'm not a complainer normally, but feels like I paid $150 for a new spoke and an oiled chain. It was disappointing. Um, but I did want to compliment them because the face-to-face customer service was good. I thought the guys I dealt with were great. But it's like they took my money and didn't do fucking anything to my bike. 
Probably watched it and went, nah, it's working all right. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but this is it though. Like, and you're right. They probably looked at it. They didn't fucking take it for a ride once they'd done it. You know, and <laughs> I, and I always did that. Whenever I fixed a mountain bike or anything like that, back in my days of fixing the bikes, I always went for a ride and gave the bike hell just to make yeah. sure that the job was done. But nothing was any different. I was really, I was actually legitimately excited that someone else was going to sort my bike out for me and I'd ride it and it'd be like new again. Fuck that. Not at all. So anyway, <laughs> as I said, I'm not going to name the company just yet because there's no resolution to this. They haven't replied. And I'll give them a chance. But yeah, it was really shit. So it's funny how you were a mountain bike mechanic at one stage. Oh, so was I. Oh, yeah. In the 90s, yeah, yeah, when I, when I worked at the warehouse for a oh, while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, when they put this, they needed a person who assembled all the bikes because they used to come in in boxes, you see. So yeah. I had to do, I was the bike guy. A lot of all the bikes and yeah. just everything, put them all on the shelf ready for sale. So. And a lot of those warehouse bikes were like made of lead, weren't they? <laughs> but, oh, they were so heavy. The dual <laughs> suspension ones that came out, eh? They were like that heavy, you could hardly yeah. fucking lift them. <laughs> yeah, you could only do like a two or three inch jump on them. Um, yeah, you bottom it out and snap the frame in yeah. half. <laughs> actually, that reminds me back in my day, actually, one of the, back in my day, um, yeah, so I was a bike mechanic in about 2001 to 2003. So I did it for a couple of years for a small outfit in Rotorua, which is now Avanti. It's oh, a yeah. massive, massive shop now. It used to, it used to be just a little privately owned thing. They sold some chainsaws and mowers as well. Anyway, now it's just an Avanti shop. Anyway, the point is, is that one of the one of the worst bikes I had to fix actually had fallen off the gondola in Rotorua <laughs> um, because they've yeah. always had bike trails up the mountain there. Yeah, yeah, and they had a bike clip on specific gondolas. You could just hang your bike on it; it would take you up to the top, and you could just grab your bike off at the end. And this guy who brought his bike in happened to be on the gondola, which was probably about ten or fifteen meters off the ground at the time, and that was that's quite a way up. And that was one of the highest points on the Rotorua gondola. The bike had fallen off the gondola and dropped onto the floor from like fifteen meters. His bike was munted. Took me ages to fix it, but yeah, it was a good job done at the end, I reckon. But that was one of the most munted bikes I've ever seen. I thought, fuck, mate, you're going to have to write this off. How the hell did it fall off? I have no idea. You must have bumped it or something, not put it on, probably. Yeah, possibly. But I think um, the the gondola company were going to foot the bill. But I mean, this was a long time ago now, so I can't remember exactly what happened. At the end of the day, we did the job and got paid. But if you, I don't know if you can think back that far in regards to bike models. But this particular bike was about seven or eight thousand dollars in value. It was called a D eight. So it was, they have a, like a uh, an orange frame. Was it one of those? Uh, it was a red one, a suspension one. It was, yeah, it was bike. like one of the. It was like a seven eight thousand downhill bike. Yeah, I think I know the ones you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they, this, were, they were like pretty much one of the only sort of dedicated dual suspension bikes you could get at the time, eh? Yeah, it was. And um, the derailleur itself was worth about $1,500. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're an old bike. It was an Avanti D8. And um, yeah, it was worth a lot of money. So anyway, yeah, so we managed to get it fixed up. But, you know, I think to fix it was about $5,000. And the bike itself was worth eight grand, so that'll give you an idea of just how how damaged it was. Ride um, it off, get a new one. Well, yeah, you probably should have actually, but they always got really good reviews on the May. Eh? I was thinking about getting an e-bike, eh? Oh yeah, just because Aaron's, Aaron's got one. I just thought about getting one, and I'd, so I, there was one on special. It wasn't it was, it was freaking expensive? It was down to nine grand. So. <laughs> But I went there looking at it the other day and I took it for a ride and it was freaking awesome. And I have ridden that one of those bikes, slightly smaller frame size though, in the bush and they're freaking cool fun. Because you can go places on those e-bikes you wouldn't go on a normal push bike. But yeah, so I took it for a ride. It was really good and I'd really love to have brought it. But I thought, fuck, nine grand for a push bike. You know, it's a, you know, I'd have to be out on it pretty much two, two to three times a week to make it worthwhile having it. You know, it's mm. a lot of money. Yeah. So think think about maybe looking around for a second hand one or something. Yeah, I think they um you know when they first came out they were hell expensive like more expensive than 9 grand obviously they were in the teens 20s. But over the years they're getting cheaper and cheaper and they seem to be getting less and less noticeable in the way of their technology so like eventually I think e-bikes are just going to look like standard bikes with all the mechanics hidden inside the frame. Yeah, they're getting better, eh? Yeah. I mean, they're incredible now, like with the technology in them. You get some of them, you can hardly, you can't hardly see where the battery is. Well, I've never ridden one, so are they? They basically assist you, do they? Yeah, well, it's like you start pedaling, 
And when you start pedaling, it goes, and, you know, it takes off. So you can have it set on like eco mode. So it's like your normal riding, but you're just getting a little bit of assistance. Mm. And then you can have it on like turbo, which is like, <laughs> as soon as you touch those pedals, man, you just take off. <laughs> yeah, because I've been on the Haraki Rail Trail just pedaling away on my own bike. And suddenly, you know, this group of oldies have come past me at some fucking knots. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. You can tell yeah. they're on e-bikes, but shit, man, they were cruising. Yeah, yeah, they're good fun. They're bloody good fun, man. Yeah, we're going. We're actually going down to Rotorua, going down for a couple of nights down there because of school holidays and get away. So we're not going to take our bikes down, but we'll probably go and hire some push bikes and just go and do a bit of easy trails with the kids. But it just depends if it's how wet it is down there. It might it'd be pretty bad in the forest down there at the moment, wouldn't it? Yeah. Kind of rain with it. Yeah, it'd be pretty sodden in there. Mind you, yeah. some people like that though. Some people uh, prefer to go riding in that kind of condition. I think it just it doesn't do the trails any good though. No, and I don't want to put the kids off either. You know, I, I don't want them going in there and hating it first time they do it. Yeah, it's shit. So well, that's a, even even a wet exposed tree root <coughs> is enough to throw you off your bike, isn't it? Yep, <laughs> those things are unforgiving over the years. Yeah, well, you'd know all about hitting trees, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, they don't move. We're still Road suffering because of that one. Are you uh, still I'm having? Actually going back, I'm actually going back to contact here tomorrow. So, oh, really? Something not right with this part of my head that I actually hit the tree with. So, so I just, ah, yeah. I've had a few sort of mild headaches from it, and one of my eyes is a bit funny. So, mm. I'm just, yeah, I think it's just they reckon you can get um, like delayed concussions and stuff up to six to 12 months afterwards, you know? Yeah. So, so when, when was this crash? This must have been, this was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, September. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, for, for those who don't know, you, you hit a tree on your motorbike. <laughs> And you're in a back brace for a while. Yeah, neck brace and that, yeah. Broke, mm. broke my back and my neck, so. Yeah, fuck. And you're still, have, you're still having a few issues, eh? Yeah, it's still coming right. You know, it's, it's, I think I'll always have issues because it was pretty bad. So mm. I have bounced on my head a few too many times in my lifetime. That's why I'm a bit of a dung. So. Yeah, shouldn't, be. <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't be laughing, but I know what you're saying. I've knocked myself out about three times. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> That's not good. Have a Snickers, mate. You'll come right. <laughs> you remember at the last ep- uh, in the last episode there near the end, I mentioned if we if New Zealand had a Walk of Fame, who would they have on it? Well, yep. uh, we came up with quite a few. So here's that clip. Tim Shadbolt. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Billy T. James. Definitely. So Howard Morrison, he'd be on. Yeah, there. absolutely. Tim Moira Morrison. Yeah, yeah old Tim. Yeah. Who would be a good musician to put on there? Oh, Dave Dobbin. Oh, yeah, Dave <laughs> Dobbin. You'd have to put um, Johnny Too Good from She Had. Oh, yeah. He would have to go on there. Johnny Too Good in the She Hads. <laughs> yeah. See, I know, would you put the Crowded House, Tim Finn, Neil Finn, would you put hey, them man. on there? I mean, I mean, they've got a lot of Australian sort of connections. Sorry to my Aussie listeners, but... Yeah. What about Dame Kiriti Kanawa? Absolutely. All Blacks, Buck Shelford, um, John Kerwin, Grant Fox... Yeah, yeah. You know, you'd put Richie McCaw and Dan Carter on there as well, I'm thinking. Yeah, yep, you would. Yeah. Oran B, Andy G. We'd all yeah, be, yeah. On, we'd all we'd be, be on, there. on there. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'd, we'd be at the far end where no one goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where the concrete starts to turn into dirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there were quite a few. And the reason where this stemmed from, actually, was on social media. Someone had posted, you remember the... Uh, 30 seconds, spray and walk away. That guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's New Zealand legend, that guy. You know, that's one of those, you know, like the bugger dog, for instance. I've, I've actually met him, that guy. The spray and walk away guy? Yeah. He was actually at a fishing tournament we went to a few years ago, and he fished with this, <laughs> a, this group of Asian guys on this big boat, and they actually won the fishing competition. Oh, there you go. They caught a huge marlin, yeah, and, and he was, everyone in the whole place was giving him grief the whole time. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's an old Asian guy, and uh, they basically, in this particular ad, they were, for those who don't know, they were trying to, it was called 30 Seconds, and it's like a type of spray you can put on sort of moss and mould in your garden. You spray it on 30 seconds later you can wash it away uh, or something like that anyway and they used him and they sort of played on his uh, accent and lack of English and uh, these days I don't know if that kind of thing would fly to be honest but anyway the point I'm making is I saw on social media that ad was posted and it was actually posted by the daughter of that guy and she basically said and 16 years ago my dad acted in this New Zealand commercial 
16 years ago that ad came out. God. Yeah. And anyway, one of the comments below it says, your dad is such a fucking legend, you don't even know. He's an actual icon. And if we had a walk of fame, he'd certainly be on it next to the Briscoes lady. And... <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. If, if New Zealand did have a walk of fame, who would be on there? And I know to a lot of people outside of New Zealand, this might not make a lot of sense, but if you Googled any of these ones we're talking about, you'll certainly get a bit of an idea. Um, ghost chips, dude. You know, I don't want your ghost yeah. chips. Uh, the Nick Minute, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, Nick Minute. <laughs> <laughs> Put my scooter outside the dairy. The... Undies, togs, Ed. Oh yeah, undies, 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 undies. Togs, togs, yep. togs, togs. Uh, <laughs> Tina from Turners. <laughs> Tina from Turners. Yeah. Old Rod from The Rock. Would you class as a as a <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. He'd go on there. He's been on The Rock for like thirty-two years or something. Yeah, he had his thirtieth anniversary uh, earlier on this year. Yeah, pretty incredible. Yeah. Rachel Hunter, maybe? Yeah. What about Barry Crump? There you go. There's a, there's a true <laughs> New Zealand icon. Absolutely, yeah. Well, he did a lot of those uh, Toyota Hilux ads, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. You know, and that sort of leads on to the bugger dog from the Hilux, the Hilux ads. <laughs> oh, do you remember Vince Martin from the Bow Repairs ads? Oh, yeah, yeah. G'day. He was I'm great, that guy. <laughs> Bow Repairs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess not so much a person per se, but the old show us your crack. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that ad was written by Ben Boyce. Uh, you know, Jono and, oh, ben. Yeah. Jono and Ben on the hits. Yeah. Yeah, Ben was a creative writer at the time, and that was his baby. Top twins. What about the other creative writer I know that did the old, um, book me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the book me chicken. That has to go on there as well. Yeah. Uh, if you go to bookme.co.nz, that video is still on there. If, yeah, uh, I saw right. it today. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, uh, for those that don't know, I got asked to uh, be the voice of the chicken for bookme.co.nz. It was during the pandemic. Do you yeah, know what? Yeah. I'm going to admit this. The recording that they used, I'll play it in just a sec, because we have played it on a previous um, podcast. Um, it was during the pandemic, and I was approached by one of their creative directors within the company I was working at. And he said to me, oh, this company book me have just come on board and, you know, they want someone to basically be their chicken mascot. And I thought, okay, sweet, you've come to me for this and you must you must think I'm a good chicken. Um, so I went into my studio at home and I just did some test runs and I just sent them my tests, you know, I just or, yeah. or an audition if you like. And they never came back to me. They used my audition. And it was obviously good enough. So they used my, my test material as the actual finished product, and they said, here you go, here's 800 bucks. <laughs> I was like, sweet, that'll sweet. do. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, though, what I should have done was like, how, how long are they going to use it for? What platforms? And I could have charged accordingly. Um, yeah, yeah. Like most voice voiceovers do, if their voice is going to be used over like a two year period and it's going on to radio and web and TV, then you can charge yeah. for each one of those platforms as well. But you know what? At the end of the day, I was like, fuck yeah, 800 bucks for five minutes work. I'm not going to complain. That's a good hourly rate, eh? It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a gig at the moment, actually. Um, I contracted to St. John, who's who I'm working for now as a one on one call handler. But I'm contracting to them as a voiceover as well, so I'm doing all of the audio books for the um, paramedics and clinicians. So basically, all of their training material they turned into an audio book, and I'm the voice of it. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, it's about thirty hours work. I think it's going to end up being. I've done twenty so far. Yeah, probably another ten hours to go. They just give you. You have to just like read from the book. Yeah, well, they've it's just split into um, categories, and I just read each yeah. category. Some categories are two or three pages long. Some are like ten pages long. The longest one was twenty-four pages long. Uh, so it takes a while, and we've got a clinician on standby as well. Because um, I tell you what, mate, some of those medical words, I feel like I'm back at fucking school because <laughs> you're just like, I can't. What does this say? 
So we've got a clinician on standby who we can call and just say, hey, what is this word? We'll attempt to say it, and then she'll tell us how to pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, fuck, I, th- I thought I'm pretty good at the English language. I mean, I did well in English at school, but some of these medical fucking terms, mate, I'm just like, holy crap. Yeah, yeah, it's blow you away, eh? Yeah, and so those who will be listening to these uh, this audio book are going to think, fuck, this guy knows what he's talking about. Fuck, do I? <laughs> <laughs> It just sounds like that's the power of editing. It makes us sound like we know what we're talking about. Just like this podcast. Most of the time. Oh, I, yeah, I tell you what, it's fun editing this podcast because there's uh, a lot of shit that you know, I just sit here going, oh, yeah, could probably get rid of that, but I want to keep it because it's actually quite funny, even though it's stupid. <laughs> you <know? laughs> now, we, our kids are uh, doing a, a um, what do they call it? Like a show this week. Oh, first school production. They, they've done the training and that. They've got the uh, first matinee show tomorrow and then a night show tomorrow night as well. And then another one on Wednesday night. They're doing a, a production. What's the show called? Don't ask me things like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to see it on Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know. what. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, well, we'll um, wait for the official review in the next podcast then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. It's... Uh, uh, it's about it's because the kid, this kids have been studying about pollution and stuff like that. I think, and oh, they, right. um, and they're actually doing this production on the world and on pollution and stuff. So it's uh, it's, it's a lot of singing and dancing and all that sort of oh, stuff. Cool. So my daughter's got one of the leading roles in it. So oh, you're nice. She's, doing, um, she's singing a song and she's like a narrator, narrating the stories that's going along as well with a couple of other kids. So. Yeah. Because your Quite daughter cool. will be almost at school now, or high school. She must be getting to uh, that age. Yeah, last year at primary school now. Yeah, so it's crazy, she's eh? She's turning into a little lady. She wears, she wears my wife's clothes now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep, same here with mine. She's actually, thir- Ashlyn, my oldest, is 13 this Thursday. And um, we just had a had a big party on the weekend. So she had seven of her friends around. So yeah. there were eight, twelve slash thirteen year olds in the house, and they were just, just fucking crazy to be honest. <laughs> um, but my hey, wife, I- yeah. But obviously, because we wanted the toddler to sleep, and we knew it was going to be crazy. My wife decided to take the toddler and my other daughter Mia to her sister's house for the night. So I was in charge of all these kids. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I made myself scarce and just sort of kept them kept them busy with food and games. Um, yeah. But it was it was a good night. But yeah, like the seven to eight, thirteen, twelve, thirteen year olds is a fucking handful. Um, yeah. But it, you know they were enjoying themselves. That was the main thing. The, the only rules were don't be too stupid, don't break anything, just have some fun. And to be fair, yeah. I was quite surprised. Even though they're at that age, they didn't spend a lot of time on their devices. Even though they brought their devices, they actually played games and they talked, and it was actually quite refreshing. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that's that's a good thing, you know. It's, I wish more people would do that. Yeah, but fuck, they can eat some junk. Holy fuck. I know. Can they put some yeah. junk away? Holy crap. My son's <laughs> terrible for it, eh? Any lollies around, man, they are gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like fucking diabetes for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo-hoo. Fucking diabetic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, in the morning, you know, because I put sausage rolls on for them that night and popcorn and they had lots of lollies. My daughter got lots of lollies given to her for, you know, presents and stuff. And we went 10-pin bowling and they had chips and we bought pizza afterwards. They demolished everything. And then in the morning, I made them all pancakes and then they were still hungry. So I went to the supermarket, got some streaky bacon and uh, did a massive uh, bacon feast for them and they ate all that too. And it's like, fucking hell. <laughs> you know. Yeah, a good bunch Hungry. of kids though, but fucking hell, can they put it away? It's amazing at that age how much food they can put away. Oh, mate. <laughs> I think we spent about 400 bucks just on food. <laughs> and bowling. <laughs> well, hey, what did we do? Chloe, when Chloe turned 12, we, she just took one of her friends and we just went up as a family with one of her friends to the Rainbow's Inn for the day. That was quite cool. Well, yeah, because you get Blake to play wants too. to do that for his one next year now. So. Oh, yeah, nice. Well, that's it, because you get to play as well. Yeah, I like going to Rainbow's Inn. Yeah. I'm just a big kid. Yeah. Actually, took, I took um, my daughter and her friends bowling, actually, went temp and bowling. Yeah. And I, I think I'm okay at it. You know, I, I get, I can bowl it pretty straight. 
But my daughter was like three points off me at the end of the game. So yeah, you know, but, nearly, nearly got you. But here's the thing: I've noticed with bowling, right? Because I I do the old run up, and I'm just like you know lining it yeah. up, and then I fucking belt it down the uh, down the uh, the lane. And it doesn't do much, but then you watch some of the other kids or other people around you, and they just go, <laughs> and just let it roll slowly, and they just fucking smash the pins over. I'm like, I'm doing something, <laughs> I'm doing something wrong here. It's technique, mate. It's all about the angle that the, the ball hits on. Yeah, it's like my yeah. went bowling with my nan years and years and years ago in Australia. Actually, we were there on holiday, and um, we went temping bowling, and I was doing the same thing, you know, fucking shooting this thing down the lane. It wasn't getting too many down. And then my nan, because she's a frail older lady, she just walked the ball to the edge of the lane, put it on the ground, and then she just pushed it. But she was always very accurate, and her little pushes, the ball would just roll right down the centre, and when it touched the pins at the end, the fucking strikes were coming out of her ears. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck am I doing wrong? It's obviously not about Trying speed. Trying too hard. Yeah, it's obviously not about speed, eh? It is technique and the angle you hit them, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You watch those really good bowlers, eh, and they sort of flick it as it yeah. comes down, and it goes right out to one side of the lane and all the way back in again, eh, and... Yeah. It's on an angle. It's pretty amazing watching them, eh? <coughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so Aaron and I actually, when we lived in Australia in Strathpine, we actually joined the Strathpine Bowling Alley. Oh, did you? We're actually members, yeah, yeah. So we actually could... We used to go down like up to twice a week and have games against yep. other people and stuff. Oh, nice. And it was actually quite cool, actually, eh? like being part of like a bowling club. And, and we'd never done it before, so it was quite cool. I think it's a great sport. Mm. And it's it's one of those ones where um, you can actually watch your skills develop if you play it enough. Yeah, we got pretty good at it, actually, like after a while. Mm. Sort of sort of honed your, honed your skills down. You knew exactly what weight ball to use and, you know. Yeah. You always look for a good one, and yeah, I kind of, I kind of like the lighter ones. So I don't, I tend not to use the heavier ones. I like the lighter yeah. ones because you can shoot them down the lane faster. But I guess that's just that's not the way to do it, is it? <laughs> not a cannonball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, wife and I have got a new saying: purple cheese. It was. It came from a. Uh, I completely misheard her one night because every night once the kids are in bed we tend to settle down watch a bit of telly or something or just chill and she had the kettle going she had the jug on and the jug's quite loud it tends to fill out because we've got an open plan lounge kitchen it's quite loud when the jug's going anyway I said to her oh what are you making she said oh I'm making some purple cheese I thought, fucking hell, okay, whatever. Because she's, she's on this fast at the moment. She's just doing this fasting thing. Yeah. And I was like, purple cheese, is that something to do with your sort of your weight loss fasting? She's like, no. Where the fuck did you get purple cheese from? I said, I heard you say purple cheese. <laughs> what, what she actually said was, I'm making herbal tea. So, <laughs> yeah. purple cheese. and I thought she said purple cheese, and I was like, "Where the fuck are you getting that from?" Uh, but she said herbal tea. So every time now that I go to make her a drink or something like that, I said, "Do you want some purple cheese?" And she's like, "Yes, please." Purple cheese. <laughs> I had a similar story to that in Australia years ago when we lived there. I was, I, was, I went to one of my um, work associates' house for for like a few drinks and a barbecue, and. Um, Oh, we know. We, sorry, we went to the pub first. That's right. We met at the pub and had a few, quite a few drinks there. And then we got back to the house afterwards. And we're both half cut. And we got in the house, and his wife was there. And she goes to me, um, "We're going to have some food. Do you want some pine chips? Some pine chips?" And I went. I went. What? I went. What the hell are pine chips? Oh, what I said, you're going to cook some pine chips. I said, what the hell are those things? And she goes, no, 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 pie and chips. <laughs> but the way she said it in her Australian accent, it sounded like pine chips. <laughs> I was like, what the hell are pine chips? Pine chips. <laughs> going to go outside with a knife and cut some slithers out of her trees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was some new thing that had come out. <laughs> like, what the fuck do these Aussies eat? <laughs> you want some pine chips? <laughs> pine chips? You want some pine chips? Oh, jeez. Pine that, chips? Yeah. <laughs> that could be something for the next podcast, mishearings. I heard oh. song lyrics. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, mate, you fancy a dad joke off? We could do that. I'll have a look at what I've got. Dad jokes are bad jokes, but actually they're good jokes because we're dads. Crass if possible. Crass if possible. Why do women have orgasms? 
just another reason for them to moan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. When two people have sex, it's a twosome. And when three people have sex, it's a threesome. But now I know why people call you handsome. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear about the guy who dipped his testicles in glitter? It's pretty nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think. I've heard that one before, but I couldn't remember the punchline. <laughs> uh, my dad once tried making coffee, and when he tasted it, he said, ah, like making love in a canoe. And when I asked him if that was good, his smile faded, and he said, no, it's fucking close to water, and poured it out. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I found this one online the other day. It's not that crass, but I just thought it was quite funny. So I was at the post office the other day and I saw a blonde shouting into an envelope and I asked her what the hell she was doing. She said, I'm sending a voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) I asked my wife, so do you think the cup is half full or half empty? And do you know what she said? Please, for the love of God, can you stop wearing my bras? How is tightrope walking and getting a blowjob from someone ugly the same? I don't know. If you want to enjoy either, you absolutely can't look down. (laughs) 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 And why do some chickens wear underwear on their head? Because their peck is on their face. (laughs) (laughs) Why did the snowman suddenly smile? Because you could see the snowblower coming. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, someone touched his carrot. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference between a chickpea and a red kidney bean? I'd rather have a red kidney bean on my face. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference between a clitoris and a cell phone? Uh, push the wrong button, you'll dial 111. <laughs> Nothing, every cunt's got one. <laughs> oh, so good. Dad jokes are bad jokes, but actually they're good jokes because we're dads. Trading. All right, mate, well, I'll let you go anyway. I could catch up for episode 47. Yeah, no, it'll be f- not far off. And it'll be 50 episodes. Oh, well, as that's long as... Lot, that's a lot of time talking shit. It's a lot of time talking <laughs> shit. But, hey, look, our listeners in Colombia are still enjoying it. <laughs> Hi, Colombia. Yeah. How are you? Hi, Russia. <laughs> <coughs> Hi, Italy. Hi, who Spain. Have we, who have we missed? Well, I tell you, yeah, <laughs> Bob and Ireland. Well, anyway, yeah. we'll uh, we'll do a shout out to the countries next time because it's actually been a while since yeah. we last did that. And if you want your name shouted out, you got to email Andy. Yep, and we'll, we'll, we'll shout yeah. your name out on it. Tradio chat at gmail.com and you can find Tradio on Facebook too. Alright mate. We're out of here mate. See you next time. See you later. Bon voyage. Bye bye.